something is wrong, and it's time to stand up. You are listening to the John H. Trust no one. Trust no one. Trust no one. You found it. You're here. You're headlong down the runaway train that is the Anomic Age. And I'm that guy. I'm your humble host, John Age. Happy to be back with you once again. I think in the wee hours of the AM. Coming at you, looking at uh, 238 Eastern Standard Time, hailing proudly from the formerly great state of North Carolina. Vegan Bear, my man, I'm so happy to see you. Thank you, sir, for being with us this evening. I was hoping you'd be with us. I was hoping you would be up. <sighs> and here you are. Thank you, my man. Thank you for being with us. And so much has been going on. I realize I have not been here for a little over a week. Doesn't seem like it. But I I haven't been here for about a week. Yeah, I was out of town on the whole 4th of July thing and couldn't really, I would say, couldn't really put together a show under those circumstances that would have been uh, up to par, up to what I, what I hold as the standard anyway. Had some guest issues, had some technology issues, you know. Excuses are excuses, but that is just the facts. That's where I've been. So it's been a big old mess, hadn't it? I think probably the biggest takeaway has just been me trying to get a whole lot of work done and reflect. Not really reflect on whether or not I want to be in this chair anymore, but I I couldn't uh, help but say, yeah, that's a little bit of it. But just reflect on my life in general and just the cacophony of insanity that is our daily existence here in the economic age. It really is, man. So with a lot of that, folks, that's really what's up. Just reflecting. And so much of what I've wanted to come out with, I kind of look at it several ways sometimes. I, I look at whether or not I'm putting out a show just for the sake of putting out a show, and, oh, I've got new content, and we all need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also think, okay, well, am I going to put out a show and offer anything <laughs> anything constructive that hasn't already been said? So uh, that's why, I, aside from just being busy as dogs, why I have been away a little bit. Sometimes I feel like, man, I cannot possibly contribute anything beneficial to this. I'm I'm trying to cleanse myself more and more of the dark side of the forest because it's really not healthy and it does nobody any good for me to get up here and just, you know, be all dark. So, you know, so much has gone down. Good grief. Uh, Prime Minister of Japan assassinated. I haven't seen anywhere near the coverage of this. I don't know what's up with that. Boris Johnson stepping down. Georgia Guidestones came down. <laughs> Whew. I don't know what to think about that one. 
that's uh I don't know. Was it an inside job? Was it actually Patriots? Was it a big provocateur at events? I don't know. I guess they're no longer there. I always wanted to go check them out. They're just a few states away, but won't be checking them out now. <laughs> Thank you so much, Vegan Bear. Thank you for, for needing me in this chair. I appreciate that wholeheartedly, sir. Definitely not the kind of guy that needs a lot of pats on the back, but... uh Sometimes it doesn't hurt. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for being there, for supporting the show, and so much more. Thank you, man. want to give a shout-out to my friend Dale. That's been another thing weighing heavy on my mind and my heart. Dale, I love you. We love you. I hope to God that you are doing a little bit better, sir. You mean so much to this program, too. From the very beginning... Uh, one of the first guests on this program, a constant contributor, and a constant uh, word of encouragement. So, Dale, we love you, man. Please, I hope to God that you are doing better. I hope you're doing in any similar to the word better. I know, you know, we spoke just last week, and um, God love you, man. I hope you're doing better. Your friend, in every sense of the word, we need you around as well. So please uh, hang in there, man. Hang in there. We love you. Thank you, Vegan Bear. We love you too, man. Thank you. Ah, oh, man. It's been a lot of... Uh, there's so much I could get into that's just not show-related. I'm just... Uh, the specter of death, I swear. Uh, it, it touches everybody, but I swear, man, it's been... It's been one of those things that just keeps cropping up, up and up and up in my life. And I, I got to say, that's one of those things that has taken its toll on me as well. Emotionally, it's not something I want to get into on this program. But man, whew. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's that. So uh, anyway, let's get into what we came here to get into. Oh, man. Why in the devil is it still showing what it should not be showing? Huh. I don't know. I'll take a look into that after the show. But for some reason, I've changed the, the settings in Facebook and <laughs> and YouTube. And it's still showing old stuff, for heaven's sakes. Hmm. Well, oh well, I don't know what to say about that one. What we shall carry on. All right, so much we need to get into, and we shall. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna see what's up here. It looks like it's showing the right thing. I'm gonna go with the showing the right thing. I'm not even gonna mess with it. I was gonna take you all to a commercial, and I was going to just deal with this. Live on air, but I'm not going to do that. It looks like it's working right, so I'm just going to not foul with it. <laughs> so what we're getting into this evening is cultural programming. Cultural programming. You know, folks, this is another thing in my uh, large amounts of soul-searching uh, soul searching lately. And when I soul-search, I swear, man, I've just been doing so much stinking work. You would think that I'm not soul-searching, 
But for me, so much of doing work that does not pertain to this show, that does not uh, pertain to, uh, oh, goodness, man, dare I say the, the real-life job that is coming in just a matter of weeks. When I do work, and I, I just love building stuff and creating stuff, and when I do that kind of work, it is indeed soul-searching. Carrie, thank you so much for being here. My goodness, I didn't realize we were all... I didn't realize there were so many more people here. Woo! Thank you for being here. This makes me feel better already. <laughs> but nevertheless, when I'm doing that soul searching and when I'm actually building and creating stuff, that is actually in a way, I think, more therapeutic for me than just like sitting alone at the beach or by a stream and just delving into the silence and introspection and all that jazz. So that's been super beneficial for me too. That's... Oh man, I, I feel better just having done that. But I, I don't feel so good because just around the corner is a very irritating, laborious, year-long task that I don't want any stinking part of. But you know, since this ain't paying the bills, I guess I shall, which means less time here with you and more time diverted into just paying the bills. Nevertheless, just finished the psychology of totalitarianism. That sounds pretty doggone interesting. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm coming back around to what I was trying to talk about, cultural programming. I often distance myself from uh, – God, I hate to even say my background or my training because that's not really it. I mean my, my training in osteology, not so much cultural studies, but good grief. I hate to admit it. I think studying culture is, is – Good night. It's, it's the thing I do too, man. It's anthropology, folks. So I sometimes distance myself from that and I don't bring it up in conversation ever. Right? It's not like one of those toot my own horn talking points. Where like, hey, brothers and brothers. Yeah, I hate those people. So I, I always distance myself from that. But having said that, I think I do need to embrace that a little bit. <laughs> because cultural programming is exactly what we got going on. It's multi-generational. It's been going on for a long time. So I'm not breaking any new ground here. This is what's been going on for generation after generation. It just keeps replicating. And I've said this for so long. The, the K-12 through indoctrination, college university weaponization, I think, in my humble opinion, that is the cornerstone of this. However... It's been multi-generational. So I always sort of criticize folks that are quick to come down on the millennials and whatever this asinine generation is that we have upon us at the moment. Because, yes, they deserve a lot of blame. Yeah, they deserve a lot of criticism. For God's sakes, man. I can't even look at nor be around them without just feeling queasy. But... I got to put a lot of onus on mom, dad, Grammy, and all Peepaw and all those folks too because this is multi-generational. So you can't just look at the kids and say, oh, it's them, I tell you. Well, it is them. But how'd they get there? Mom and dad and grandma and granddad. So we're at least that far back. From folks that if are not straight up communist, communist leaning, 
So I think it is multi-generational. It's multi-pronged attack. It's that, it's that Venn diagram times 10. And it's cultural programming, folks. Cultural program. And, uh, man. I'm, I'm gonna cover a video this evening that I haven't seen anybody else covering. The only person I saw covering this is, is where I got this information from is Jason Whitlock. I gotta give mad street cred. To Jason Whitlock for putting this out there because I haven't seen anyone else talking about it. I mean, full disclosure, I've been too busy in the last two, well, not two, assuredly a week to really soak in a lot of the venom from our current society, which I think has done me a lot of good. I think disconnecting from it all and just not, not, not to say not caring, but at least not immersing myself in it. I was doing just work for the last like 48 hours almost. Like I got up to date, ate nothing, got right out of bed, just started working again. But for about eight hours in the last 24, I was just listening to stuff that was not the venomous global satanic death cult regurgitation of dung culture that I always immerse myself in. I'm not saying it. And and I wasn't looking at, you know, just like Dancing with the Stars or nothing like that. I was looking at interviews with people that were talking about things not pertaining to the stuff that I usually immerse myself in. And I think it was healthy. I think it was great. I was like, man, I'm learning so much and trying to get into entrepreneurship and getting out of the cult of academia fully and finding a way to make this thing work and be financially beneficial and hang up all the other hats and focus 110% on what I actually care and want to focus on, which is this show. And I think in the last 48 hours specifically, but the last week, I've come to the realization, and I don't know why this was a realization for me, but I focus so intently on whatever it is that I'm focusing on. Like 110% does not even do it justice. I am hyper-focused on whatever that one thing is. So the last couple of days, it's been doing specific jobs and things, honestly, here at the house. I've just been trying to fix stuff up before I have to go back into prison here in the next few weeks. Anyway, and I came to that realization, I am hyper-focused. So I can only be hyper-focused on that one thing. So it sucks to split the streams, Ghostbusters reference, for me to have to separate myself into I got to make money. I still want to focus on this show. And then there's the obvious stuff that is paramount, uh, being a father, being a husband, being a son. I mean, all these different hats that you wear. But I mean, here it is. I want to focus on this and I'm splitting the streams like six different ways. And I'm not speaking about the family, but I'm saying there's a lot of this other minutia that is just... It brings me down a bit. <laughs> anyway, I feel like this has turned into some sort of bizarre therapy session, which is not what I wanted it to turn into. So I'm going to jerk the wheel back onto the road and talk about what I came to talk about, cultural programming. Back to the topic at hand. Yeah, Jason Whitlock covered this this video. So I'm going to play the video, and I'm going to go ahead and forewarn you. I'm, there is some bad language in the video, and I probably should have just edited that out but it was about two o'clock in the morning and i thought man i haven't done a show in a week i really got to do this and i just didn't edit the, the stinking video up. so full disclosure if you got kids up 
if you're listening to this with with minors or what have you, you might want to kick them out for a moment because, uh, I mean, man, this is just sick. I hate to say it because it's kids doing the bad language. Anyway, we'll watch this little video clip and we will unpack it while simultaneously unpacking the cultural programming that's going on now and has been going on for about 100 years. All right, let's do it. Enough of me talking. Let's hit it. Yep, (laughs) that's about the size of it, folks. So the video clip you just saw, as far as I know, news-wise, it came into focus about 24 hours ago. I saw it on a few sort of like scantily covered news platforms. Jason Whitlock's uh, Fearless with Jason Whitlock being the the largest of them. But I saw a lot of smaller, um, kind of more patriot, goodness, sorry, more patriot-oriented platforms covering this, but not a heck of a lot. I mean, kind of like the Prime Minister of Japan being assassinated. I didn't see a heck of a lot of coverage of that either. Oh, man. I'm I'm holding back a bit because I'd like to give you the whole thing on that one. But nevertheless... I don't know who that is. Nevertheless, back to this. So, yeah, the video you just saw from Minnesota, Minnesota, and it was some police officers trying to investigate a murder. And, uh, man, I've seen this several times, and it doesn't get any easier watching this. I mean, there's so many different ways and angles you can take this. But uh, on the one hand, it's angering, but I think, like so many of us, the anger just belies a deep sadness. And really, when I saw that video, that's what it uh, made me feel. It was a sad video. It was a sad, sad video. And I don't put the onus on this. Um, on the children, I mean, that's easy to do. You can say, all oh, these kids and, and whatever. But <clears throat> the kids in this video, I would not say, are older than three. The kid there that you just saw assaulting the cop and cursing at him and uh, that stuff. You know, it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch, I mean, in the same way that I don't watch anything, you know, Um, Like the Finders, the Finders documents. I've still had those on my computer for like two years. I can't get through them because they're so disturbing. And for, I mean, I I get it. I was going to say for some reason, but for the obvious reasons, being a dad, being a guy, being a male. Oh, I'm controversial. I'm a male. Yeah, for sure. I think with that, 
you have this this protection instinct for women and children specifically. And when you see children doing the the wrong thing, being harmed or what have you, it makes you sad. And I think that's for me what uh what this video just did on a gut level. It's just sad. It's sad to see kids that young obviously emulating what they're seeing at home, obviously emulating, if not at home, I'll play devil's advocate. Okay, it's not at home, wink, wink. That couldn't possibly be it. If it's not at home, they're emulating behavior that they're seeing on the internet, in movies, in television, in video games, in the culture. Yeah, in the culture, folks. And there's so many definitions of culture. But this one always stuck with me because it was the most simplistic. And it's just what we do around here. That's our culture, folks. It's all that stuff. From where you go to the bathroom, to what you eat, to what you put on, to how you talk, to the things that influence you. That is indeed what your culture is. So seeing this video, you hear so much especially in the protected class communities about culture. Culture. And I say that for good reason, because you can only discuss your culture if you're in a protected class. That's just how it works. So so I couldn't dare espouse anything about white culture or Christian culture or heterosexual culture. All that would be just completely blasphemous hate speech so you can't say any of that but you can talk about black culture asian culture hispanic culture queer culture trans culture too let's not forget you yeah you can get into all that so as long as you're in a protected class you can talk about your culture all the live long day just can't talk about those aforementioned spooky cultures so, as I was saying, there's so much talk about culture as it pertains to the protected class cultures. And uh, I don't know if it's a forest for the trees thing or what, but I think looking at the video, looking at those children, I think you have to step back and analyze the culture that created what we just saw. Yeah, I think you have to. So the culture that created that, I mean, you could take it back to the critical race theory, the the Frankfurt School, all those lovey-doveys, and they're going to put the onus on those terrible evil. Yeah, you guessed it. Hombres blancos. The white guys, of course. Um, and if you're in a protected class, you can always play that victim card and you don't have to have any responsibility nor take any accountability for your actions. But I think we have to take a look at the culture that creates not just this because this is just a, a microcosm of the larger culture. So the larger culture has created through cultural programming – a culture that disrespects authority, disrespects police, 
disrespects men. And idolizes. While this is this is the the asinine dichotomy here, so it demonizes all that, and I'm just giving you like a, a little snapshot. There's so much more. So you demonize all that while lionizing the brave women that have stood up and had single parent homes, and they got the kids through all. Now, oh, man, I'm. Tr- <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, but it's so difficult. So while while demonizing one segment of the culture, you lionize the other. And also, you lionize the females as being the alpha, most wonderful, best thing on earth. They raised all the kids all alone, and look how great they did. They didn't all go to jail. They didn't all die. So you lionize that. In my own mind's eye, I'm looking at like a bar graph right here. I'm like, okay, you you demonizing, you're you're relegating this while lionizing that. I mean, you you relegate to the lowest common denominator men, husbands, fathers, God, while simultaneously. <laughs> You lionize violence. You lionize this this asinine. The world owes me everything. I've got the, the the chip on my shoulder, looking like the Rock of Gibraltar. I don't have to do anything anybody tells me to. I'm entitled to it all. Um, most specifically, my handouts and having everybody kiss my ring. So that is the culture that has been created through cultural programming. And what we saw on the screen there was uh, the the microcosm of the black culture. Not all black culture. The black culture, um, I don't know where they were, somewhere there in Minnesota. Because I don't want ever to paint with that broader brush and say this is all black people, this is all blah, 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 because it isn't. Because it's not. That's part of the cultural programming as well. And it goes back to fitting in. It goes back to having the cool shoes and the cool jacket from high school or middle school. That same stupid bull that you thought you'd gotten rid of and away from, it just transcends. It carries right on into adulthood again and again and again. I was talking about this with a friend of mine this weekend, and we were discussing just that. Like all the BS that you thought, man, I'm not going to have to deal with this crap anymore. Ooh, I've graduated high school. No, 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 no. It just gets worse. It gets personified. It, it just gets worse, folks. <laughs> so part of the cultural programming is having people play that little follow the leader game. Follow the leader. The leader is not mom and dad. The leader is not God. The leader is the sports star. The leader is the rap star. The leader is the Dancing with the Stars star. The leader is uh, Ellen and Oprah and all these talking head morons. Don Lemon. All these boobs. That's the leader. And all this has been a multi-generational attack. And it's been cultural programming. I mean, that's what's up, folks. So when you see... What you just saw in that video with these children 
It's easy to say, oh, that guy should have done, uh, blah, 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 blah. yeah, he should have, blah, 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 blah. You know, unfortunately, that that child and the children that you saw in that short little clip there, I don't even know how long it was, just a couple seconds, like 30, I don't even think it was a minute long. Anyway, what you saw there, they are going to be casualties in the fight. They are going to be the collateral damage of the global satanic death cult. In the same way that in every third world bleep hole, there are the most impoverished of the society that are just living hand to mouth that are are casualties in the fight. They are the collateral damage of the global satanic death cult. Just as the children trafficked by Dyncord 20 years ago, collateral damage. Just as... All our exploits in Central and South America, hell, in the early 1900s. Remember Smedley Butler? I mean, Smedley Butler wore a racket because he was running some of those ops, folks. He saw it up close and personal over 100 years ago. All the exploits from that point were just collateral damage to all the children that lived in poverty, all the... The poor people that got gunned down and killed by these cartels and by the the the, the American forces <laughs> making uh, the economy nice and safe, wink, wink, for the fruit companies. All those folks in the Middle East and the Near East and all those sub-Saharan African countries where the U.S. has gone in and poured all this money in and armed this faction and armed that faction and overthrown this later and moved that guy out and this all that stuff – we don't really see the real damage of this. You might see the dead bodies on a battlefield and all that, and, and it's horrible. Or the those horrible images from Vietnam where the little girl is half burned with napalm and all this just, just grotesque, sick imagery. And all that should cause you to pause and should cause you to feel nauseated and disgusted at the exploits. But on the other hand, there's all the stuff that you're not seeing, the collateral damage. And I'm not talking about bodies and stacks here, collateral damage. I'm talking about the cultural programming. So why do all these people in the Middle East hate us? I can't imagine why. Why? Not only in black culture, Hispanic culture, Asian culture, white culture, any culture, Native American culture, most assuredly. Why does this sort of mentality that we saw in this video exist and persist within the culture? It's because of cultural programming. Because generation after generation, they have been programmed to hate one group. And idolize the other group. Now I wouldn't say this was a good thing. Even in the best case scenarios. I mean. <laughs> I'll play the devil's advocate again. If it's Mother Teresa. I'm, I'm not even saying. That it's the best case scenario. For you to emulate completely and solely. The acti- acti- actions of Mother Teresa. But I would say that's a heck of a lot better. Than what you're seeing 
emulated six ways from Sunday within our culture. I'm saying our culture, meaning American culture. Yeah, I'm not dividing us up into stupid little groups and having us play us ourselves off against each other because that's a stinking plan. Divide and conquer works. That's why they don't have to change the op. They just keep running the same blipping op. For God's sakes, it's Cowboys versus Indians again. It's police versus the bank robbers. I mean, it's every silly cartoon analogy you've ever seen. It's the same flipping op. They don't have to change it because nobody is apparently smart enough to see it, recognize it, and do anything about it. And I'm I'm not talking about getting a sign and standing out there in traffic. I'm not talking about going to your state capitol and Lord knows urinating in the wind, wasting your time talking to a politician, calling somebody up and writing somebody up, please. You'd be better off just putting a, a note in a bottle and throwing it in the sea. That would be more beneficial than wasting your time talking to politicians. But I digress. Bottom line here, folks, it's cultural programming on so many different levels. And it was bad enough, I would say, like 60 years ago. I wasn't alive then, obviously. But nevertheless, I'll go back 60 years ago. It was bad enough then when it was just like, oh, we got to keep Johnny and Sally away from the bad influence, you know. The bad influence being, I'll just stereotypically say like, oh, the guy that looks like Fonzie from Happy Days. You know what I'm talking about? So yeah, we got to keep them away from the bad influence. But that's not enough. Because thanks to Edward Bernays and thanks to the flicker rates of the televisions and all that lovely Hollywood. Yeah, now I, I, a little bit ahead of the game here. What are we talking like? 70 years? 70 years. At about that time frame, then it was transitioning from the age of radio into the age of movies, television, and the like. So it ceased to be this, oh, we just got to keep our kid from falling in with the bad crowd. Because as a parent, yeah, you got to keep your kid from falling in with a bad crowd. That's, I won't say easy. But it's easy compared to what we got today. Because the cultural programming is... Live on multiple levels all the time. With that old time, the the revolution will be televised. Remember that song? (laughs) So that's what's up now. It's live on every channel all the time. It's in the music. So let's say, okay, well, I don't want my kid to to watch TV or watch a lot of movies or uh, have tablets and pads and so forth. We'll just let them listen to movie, or excuse me, we'll just let them listen to to the radio. Yeah, we'll take it back about eighty years and say, okay, my my young child will only listen to the radio. Well, that'll be safe, won't it? Um, no. Have you listened to radio these days? <laughs> have you listened to the crap that they're passing off as music now? Come on, man. And I realize I'm sounding like an old guy. Whatever, I don't care. Yeah, it's garbage. It's bollocks. It's complete manure. It's complete bull. I was an adolescent in the 90s, and I will 110% tell you the music from that era is boulder dash. It's garbage. It's bollocks. It is trash. And I could look back at the 80s and say, well, you know, 
wasn't much better, I guess, but it, it really was. I mean, the 80s music was pretty darn good. Even if you just listen to the pop stuff in the 80s, I mean, it was... At least it had talent. It was good. The 70s, you know, yeah, we could talk about the 70s as being a big dichotomy, and I'm not going to get off on that, Jack. I mean, you had the, the awful arena rock, you had the awful disco, and you had that bull kind of juxtaposed to punk and hardcore. I mean, I love that genre. So I I got to go back to the 70s a little bit and say, that was bad, but good. I can't say the same about the 90s. I hate those people in the, in the 90s. Like, oh, they needed this big enema of, of grunge to wash away the hair metal and whatever. I, please. Please. Just bollocks, folks. It's bollocks. I digress. Anyway, so there's no escaping the cultural programming right now. That's what's up, man. You cannot escape it. Unless you're living in a cave under a log somewhere. I mean, that's about it. So how do you deal with this bull? Because you're going to get inundated with it if you're just listening to the radio, if you're just listening to antenna TV, if you got the big fancy uh, crazy package like the $2,000 a month package of television or whatever that crap is. Uh, if you have nothing but the internet, if you just listen to streaming, whatever the case may be, you're going to get inundated with this bull. And so we circle back around to this quandary. Okay, so you're inundated with this bollocks. What in the world? <laughs> no, I love the scorpions. The scorpions are some good stuff, man. I'm not dissing the scorpions. No way, man. <laughs> if anything, I'm dissing the awful grunge mess of the 90s i can't think of much good that really came out of the 90s in any way shape or form but no not the scorpions i really like the scorpions actually (laughs) so um nevertheless yeah i was one of those cats that was like into metal and all that sort of late 80s mess and then got into punk and hardcore got rid of all the metal stuff and then went back and got it all again i was just it was so dumb. I was like, I'm too punk and hardcore to listen to metal. And then I'm like, I really like that. I could probably listen to that again. <laughs> anyway, bottom line is you're going to get inundated with this mess. So how do you escape it? <laughs> and I think that really belies an even larger problem. And the larger problem that is directly correlated to the aforementioned cultural programming. Because one of the big ways that this cultural programming has been so effective is because they've kicked God out of everybody's lives. Well, they kicked it out of their lives in the school system. And then through that gradual progression of the doldrums of the 60s and and onward, they got people to do it to themselves. They got people to excommunicate themselves from God. (laughs) Willingly. And I think the global satanic death cult really gets off on this. I mean, it's a psychological manipulation. I've discussed this so many times, I'm not going to do it again. But it is a psychological manipulation. And the crux of it is really predicated on the fact that they want you to do it to yourself. (laughs) I mean, to to borrow a phrase from... uh, Silence of the Lambs, he puts the lotion on its skin. Yeah. He didn't put the lotion on the skin for her. He wanted her to do it willingly. 
And so much of this, this evil, this Satanism is really predicated on just that. They want you to bring your kids willingly to sacrifice them at the public school indoctrination centers. They want you to willingly bring your kids to drag queen story time. They want you willingly to put on the slave shackle. They want you willingly to vaccinate yourself and to vaccinate or allow your children to be vaccinated. They want you willingly to go abort your kids. It's it's a it's a big power play. It's a willingness to do that. So, yeah, they have they they have I won't say done this. They have made us do this to ourselves. I mean, that's the real twisted, sick part of this whole thing. So we have removed God from our lives. I'm not saying me or you personally, but as a nation, as a culture, right? And that removing God from our lives has eroded away the faith that kept this nation and the people in it, I won't say everyone, because we were never 100% Christian, but we were a bleep sure a lot more than we are today. But that faith, faith, I think, is one of the cornerstones of godliness. That faith is one of these cornerstones that they allowed us to take away from ourselves by distancing ourselves from God. Am I making any sense here? I think I am. There's an old bad religion song, and I love bad religion. I don't care. There's a great old bad religion song called Faith Alone Won't Sustain Us Anymore. And if you know the the connections with bad religion and the cult of academia and their lead singer and all that stuff, I get it. I get it. I get it. And I don't believe nor support virtually anything that that the singer nor the band really stands for. I feel you. But... When I was sort of preparing for this evening's show, I, I was haunted by that uh, chorus. Faith alone won't sustain us anymore. And I think that's what they have convinced us of. Faith alone won't sustain us anymore. we got to kick this old God guy out and throw that Bible out too. Why actually, get out of here. we got this whole thing figured out. We know where we came from. We know how to split the atom. We know how to grow food. We know how to build weapons. We know how to use them. What do we need that old Bible for anyway? So in doing so, they have removed the faith. And in removing the faith, (laughs) that puts only one person at the helm, doesn't it? Man. And we know who rules the domain of man. The father of lies. So when you see our culture, when you see the degradation of it, when you see the effectiveness of the cultural programming, I think we can give credit and credence to only one. How can't we? And I think that's exactly where we are, folks. That's sadly exactly where we are. We've become a culture that has no faith. Without faith, we have no anchor. Without any anchor, we can throw out the Ten Commandments. We have no respect 
for ourselves. We have no respect for our mothers. We have no respect for our fathers. We have no respect for the institution of marriage. We have no respect for anything. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, right? We got this whole thing figured out. We're going to do what we want. We're not going to let the police come in and try to help us solve a murder. We're going to solve it ourselves. Solve it in the street. So that's what we're seeing. And sadly, the video was merely a reflection. A funhouse mirrored reflection of our current reality. The last few shows I've touched on this, the anomic age, man. The anomic age was not a happenstance. Look into the meaning of anomic, and the anomic age is exactly what we are in. No rules, no norms, no standards, no nothing. We're seeing a divide in our society between those. I won't say awake, but those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, and those who do not. We are seeing a separation of the wheat from the chaff, whether or not we want it or not. I mean, I'm at the point now where I'm saying, just bring it. I really am. I'm I'm not in the in the realm of trying to help nor save nor anything else. I see what's coming down. We all do. We can all sit around and play patty cake and talk to Aunt Rose and hope we're going to change her mind. But Aunt Rose is far beyond changing. <laughs> she is, folks. Aunt Rose is gone. Okay? Aunt Rose is a shell husk of whatever she ever was. Okay? There's no fixing. There's no changing without divine intervention. That's what I'll, I'll that's my caveat to that whole spiel. All right? So John Age ain't going to fix you nor change you. Jesus Christ can do it. I surely cannot. So I'm not going to waste my life force, my breath, nor my energy talking to those who are too far gone. <laughs> oh, man. Carrie, I'm not trying to leave you out. I'm sorry. I didn't realize we had people talking in this piece. Just found this confession. Um, if the beginning is unknown, the rest is unknown. Is it the main success of academia keeping people from knowing the beginning, i.e. creation, I would say that's spot on. That's an absolute fact. Yeah, that's... That is... <laughs> Carrie's on fire. That is absolutely spot on. Yeah, the main crux of academia... I mean, I don't know how far back you want to take this, but... 1859 on the origin of species by means of natural selection for the favored races... You got to throw that out there, don't don't you? For the favored races, as we're talking culture and cultural programming, you got to go back to old CD, 1859 on the origin of species. Yeah, I mean, I would say definitely since then, the uh, the point of the cult of academia has been to obfuscate the truth as far as as any sort of uh, hint at godliness, any sort of hint at creation over um, evolution. So, yeah, I mean, I think for me, if I look at the cult of academia, 
so much of it is really just obfuscation of truth. I there's a I had this. Oh man, I can't, I'm gonna mess this up. But I had this written on a whiteboard when I still had an office somewhere. But anyway, I <laughs> I had this written on a whiteboard because I heard this somewhere long ago that. Um, it was an old definition of education, and it was something to the effect of the unocculting of knowledge. So, I mean, this kind of goes down a rabbit hole if you want to get into occulting versus unocculting and all this and that. And Anyway, that was quite an old definition. I could never find that definition. I mean, I'm going off what someone else said on another show, on another everything, but that stuck with me from long, long ago, that, that education was the unocculting of knowledge, and I would say that maybe in its purest form, when we had like the one-room schoolhouse, the little house of the prairie, Andy Griffith show days, I would say that education would have been the unocculting of knowledge to a degree. I think – for me, I think education has always been occulting of knowledge because I think if you want to go back to like the mystery schools – there was always this divide between, and I hate to use these stupid communistic terms, but the the haves and the have-nots, the the priest class and everybody else, the the monarchs and everybody else, and so forth. So I mean, there was always with education, I think, just giving you just enough knowledge, just enough knowledge to pull the levers and make the donuts, in essence. So, and that's where you began having these these mystery schools that were teaching people real education. So I think, yeah, I mean, I believe you're spot on, Carrie. <laughs> There's so much to this. But, yeah, I think for sure it's the mystery schools. And and that translates into our contemporary reality as well. I mean, a friend of mine and I talk about this often because both of us were products – well, were, we're still alive, are products of the public school indoctrination centers. And I always tell people that, yeah, I, I made it out of the public school indoctrination centers, um, you know, literate and sane, and I think that was an accident, <laughs> purely an accident. Because when you get into these different stratas in, this, in the society – I mean, there's the lowest rung, which is the public school indoctrination centers. I don't care if you're talking about like the heart of the ghetto or the wink, wink, the more affluent district of school. I mean, whatever the case may be, if you're in the public school system, you're getting the most mundane bull. We just want you to be a worker bee nonsense. So... In the best case scenario, that's what you're getting. So if you look at the folks that are that are wealthy, I'm not even talking about like the, the shot callers and the point guards in the global satanic death call. I'm just talking like wealthy people, people that are running corporations and things like that. And, you know, it's kind of like the uh, was it the Steve Jobs thing from like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Excuse me, whatever it was before he died. He was like, yeah, I don't let my kids touch devices. Are you crazy? I don't want them being, being brain-dead morons like you plebs. Are you freaking kidding me? So if you look at the people that are just even affluent, 
that's the mentality. There is a divide. I mean, this whole eugenics thing is not a stinking joke. Everything we see today taking place is just, it's eugenics with a mask. I mean, that's really all it is. It's like some guy's robbing you with eugenics. The person robbing you didn't have a mask on and they just stuck the gun in your back and say, I'm going to kill you. Give me your money. And, you know, that was 60, no, excuse me, that was like 80, 90 years ago with eugenics. We'll be looking at the Margaret Sanger. If you're looking at, oh, goodness, man, I'm just blanking on names. What is it, like 330? (laughs) Yeah, probably. It is. So, yeah, if you look at Margaret Sanger, if you look at the Huxleys, the Galtons, the Wedgwoods, and so forth, all these eugenics shot callers back in the day yeah that's how they did it it was legit like here i'm gonna no mask on gun in your back you put your pedigree in this chart and we'll decide if you get to have kids or not so that was the eugenics of the day now the eugenics is the same freaking playbook they're just doing it with a stocking over their face and instead of like a, a 357 magnum they're injecting you with this bull that'll kill you and they're poisoning you with this uh you know cancer food cancer water just cancerous bleep and then you just die <laughs> a couple of decades rather than just getting uh, blown away in an alley with the eugenics of the early 1900s so i mean but yeah education i mean back to what carrie was was talking about there and what i was talking about it is definitely a gatekeeper society par excellence. I mean, that's what education is all about. So if you are a product of the public school indoctrination system as myself, that's what you got. You got the lowest common denominator, just most bull. We just want you to work at some factory or, oh, we, you'll be really high up. Like, yeah, you'll get – um, a job so you can work like a slave and you'll have a couple houses and a boat and you know what whatever you're still a slave so the public school indoctrination centers give you that i mean that's not what prince harry went to that's not what bill gates kids are going to i mean that's not what any of these people that um are in that highest echelon are getting taught that's not what they're teaching you in Skull and Bones with the Bush crime family. I mean, that's not what's up. So, like I was saying before, a friend of mine and I always talk about this because I, people can't seem to grasp this. Like, oh, it's free. Let's go to public school. It's free. We pay for it. Yeah, you're a boob. I mean, their children to public school or feel that they have to do that. I, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just, I want you to really understand that it is the most primal, basic gatekeeping tool that we have. That's it. That's what it's all about. It's about keeping you down here and them up there. It's about you never figuring out that you're a slave. It's about you never figuring out that you're injecting yourselves with death serum. It's about you never figuring out that you're eating cancer food. I mean, that's what this is all about. They want you dead. (laughs) I've been thinking long and hard about a shirt for my show, and I I have the line art. It's all done as far as the logo that I was 
I was going to put out. But, I mean, there's so many other ones. And I think I just want one that says they want you dead. Just big, bold, huge font on the front of a shirt. They want you dead. Because that's what this all boils down to. They want you to not be alive anymore. That's what this is all about. From drag queen story hour to sterilization to the cancer in the water, in the food, the vaccines, the masks, the mandates, COVID. It's all the same thing. They want you dead. I can't say it any more clearly. They want you dead. They want your kids dead. They want your Grammy dead. They want your friend down the flipping street dead. They want you dead. To them, you are just here to be a commodity. To just keep the lights running, to allow them to continue their lifestyle unabated. That's your only purpose. Yeah. That's it, folks. All right. Good night, nurse. We're almost at 60 minutes. Let me stop talking. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you so much, Vegan Bear, for being with us this evening. I think there was someone else in there, but... uh... Yes, thank you too. Thanks for all that showed up and played a part in tonight's episode. It's 3.35 here in NC. I'm going to sleep. You can't do everything, but you can do something. Please get out there and do your part and make that difference. If you've not already done so, check out anomicage.com. I I should have done that in the beginning. Here, we'll put the webpage up in case you somehow miss it. Anomicage.com. It's still functioning, folks. And for those of you who have the app, I I don't know. Send me information as to whether or not you are getting the updates for the shows. The information breakdown segments are working just fine, but I've been battling ridiculous tech support and problems for the show shows to show up as notifications because they just mysteriously quit working about a month ago. So, if you are looking at your own phone and wondering, where is the show? Well, the last time I looked, the show was not getting updates, and it stopped with, let me see. It was stopping with episode 139, Cheryl Todd. Great lady, wonderful show, happy to have her on all the time. But for me anyway, that's the last time that I was getting notifications on the app. I hope and pray and God willing, the tech people have figured this mess out. I don't know. Because I've been battling this for, I was going to say months, but definitely weeks. So in case you missed it, the last show we put out was 147 with Mike King. There was like three other guests that were supposed to be on last week. Just didn't happen. I believe we have another one we have another guest on Wednesday, so we'll see. I'll put up some notifications on, on the social media regarding that as well. But I won't even give you the name right now. But with with any luck, we'll have a show on Wednesday with a guest. So, that's all. Thank you so much, Vegan Bear. Thank you so much, Carrie. Good night, nurse. Thank you all so much for sticking around and staying up with me this evening. I was thinking nobody would be listening to me at 3.30 in the morning. 
East Coast time. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for just saying hey in the message board. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a breath of fresh air. I think I need to do this more often as far as the live and communicating goes. It's nice and healthy. Thank you all. God bless you all. Have a good evening. Have a good night, wherever you may be. Be safe out there. I'll be seeing you sooner than later in the Anomic Age. Thank you for listening to the Anomic Age, a John Age project. For past shows, further info, and to comment, go to anomicage.com. That's A N O M I C A G E.com. Till next time, thank you for listening to the Anomic Age. Thank <laughs> you.